Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. This is Galatians 1, verses 1 to 9. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Um, anyone here had a, a work appraisal recently? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You don't have to answer. How did it go? Was it okay? (laughs) No, okay. Um, A a friend of mine um, was uh, he'd moved moved to a new company and uh, he was on his own sort of probation period, and he was called in by his boss, and um, he was told that uh, the probation period was going to carry on and that uh, things were really not going well, and that. Um, well, if things didn't improve, there was a real danger he was going to lose his job. I don't know if you've ever had an appraisal like that. Uh, it's fairly unpleasant, I suspect, if you have. How would you feel if you got a spiritual appraisal like that? Or, or even um, if Christ City Church got a spiritual appraisal like that? Paul here is writing to Um, a group of churches in, in Galatia, which uh, you'll find in sort of the middle of modern-day Turkey. Um, he traveled through that region uh, preaching the gospel, and, and people became Christians, and churches were started. And uh, they'd started really well. But now there is a real danger for these guys. Not that they're going to lose their job, but actually that they're going to lose Christ and all his benefits. And it's interesting here in Galatians, after his greetings, he doesn't do any of his sort of normal pleasantries or, or praising God for things about them. Um, and yet, it isn't a cold sort of CPD appraisal. It's really full of emotion and feeling. And just look at what he says to them. Verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Can, can you feel the emotion in that? And it's because what is at stake here is the heart of Christianity, the gospel, and it is really serious. Well, if we're going to understand what's going on here at the beginning of Galatians, we need to get a sense of what is going on generally. Flick with me to chapter 5 and verse 2. 
So Paul writes to them, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. What has happened in this area where these churches are is, is that it seems that a group has come to them, a, a group that, that say that they're Christians, and they say, you know, well, you know, it's great you've heard this kind of stuff from Paul, but really what Paul's been saying is not enough. Actually, Jesus is not enough. You also need, if you really want to belong to the people of God, you need to be circumcised. You need some of the other Jewish laws. Now, you might be sitting here having battled through the traffic to get here and thinking, well, you know, they're not really my issues today. But I think what we're going to see is that this distorted gospel may well be alive and well in our hearts and, and possibly in Christ City Church, I can tell you, it is definitely an issue, a temptation for us in Grosvenor. And how do you know whether that's the case? Well, let me see if any of this resonates with you. When you think of Christianity or, or what your Christianity is like, uh, and you hear that it's supposed to be freedom, that's what we've been hearing a bit about. So chapter 5, verse 1, you see that? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's supposed to feel like freedom, but does your Christianity feel like freedom? Or does it actually sometimes feel a bit more like slavery? Does it feel like joy, or is it more like duty? Or how about this? Christianity is supposed to give us real confidence and belonging, but do we find that actually our confidence and belonging, although it's supposed to be from what Jesus thinks of us, from who we are deep down inside because of Him, do we actually get it from what others think of us or what we do on the outside. So chapter 6 and verse 12, here's what these false teachers are doing. Verse 12, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. They're all about outward impression. Is Christianity for you freedom? and confidence, and joy, and belonging, or, or is there a sense of slavery, or duty? Well, if there's any of that, we need Galatians. We really need Galatians. And actually, not just because maybe we've lost some of the joy, and the freedom, and the confidence, but because unchecked, there is a real danger that we could lose our grip of Christ, and actually end up not being saved at all. And so here, these opening verses, right at the beginning, what Paul does is he, he reminds them of the true gospel, the divine gospel. And then he warns them of the false gospel, the distorted gospel. And that's what we're going to look at. So firstly, the divine gospel, verses 1 to 5 of chapter 1. What is this divine gospel? Well, it is from God. Verse 1, Paul an apostle sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul says he's an apostle. Literally, it just means sent one. But he's not sent by, by a man or, or by men, not by some sort of hierarchy or some sort of denominational power. No, he is sent by Jesus Christ, the risen Jesus Christ, the one that he met on the Damascus Road, he met God himself. 
and he's been sent by God himself. Many people don't like Paul's teaching. They don't like what he writes in the New Testament. They don't like some of his stuff about maybe sex, you know, that it's a, a great gift but for heterosexual marriage or some of what he says on gender matters. But what we see here is that Paul isn't culturally bound. He's not sort of adding to the words of Jesus. No, he is given this job to speak by Jesus himself. From God is what he says. And so his gospel is from God. And we should listen to what he has to say. What is this gospel? Well, verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, God's undeserved, freely given kindness. So not something that we can earn, not something that we've done anything that, that means we warrant it, but given freely by God. Grace and peace, a restored relationship with the living God. How is that possible? Well, verse 4, you see, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Some of our, our, our world is actually really good at diagnosing some of the problems in, in the world. And, you know, they can recognize some of the issues as to why sort of society is, is fractured or doesn't work or why we've got loads of social issues or homelessness. But the world does not recognize we need rescue. I was at a, a meeting with um, uh, a load of parents from the school that my kids were in. And we'd sort of been invited along to this meeting. And there was a, a Jungarian um, psychologist speaking at it. And she was pretty good at diagnosing some of the, some of the issues in our, in our culture, particularly in Dublin. Some of the sort of the, the fractured society, the, how people are so isolated and, and um, so absorbed with getting more and more and more. And uh, she was quite good at that. But actually, when it came to the solution, she said, what we need to do, what all of us need to do is just look inside ourselves. And we'll find what we need inside ourselves. The problem with that is sin. That actually deep down inside ourselves, we don't find the solutions. We find we can't do even the things we want to do. What we need is a rescue. How are we rescued? The Son of God gave himself for our sins. That is grace. Religion says, you must do. God is watching you. If, if you don't do that, you know, he's just waiting for you to slip up. Religion just feels all joyless and juicy. That is not Christianity. Christianity is a gospel of grace. It's a gospel of, of, of a God who loves us, who sees our need, and who freely meets it. He does it by sending his son. Jesus has done it all. You see, Jesus is all we need. All we need. Anyone like maths? Yeah? Especially on Friday night. Especially on Friday night. I'm going to give you a couple of equations tonight, okay? Here is the first equation. It's the gospel equation. Um, and the gospel equation is this. Just Jesus 
nothing else is everything we need. That is the gospel equation. Just Jesus and nothing else is everything we need. And that is why Paul is just so astonished with these guys. Why walk away from this? Why walk away from this God, from this gospel? And, you know, we might think the same, you know, with stupid Galatians. Like, seriously, we'd never do that. But if we think that, I think we probably don't realize the subtlety of the Galatian problem. And that brings us on to the distorted gospel. Um, verses 6 to 9. You see, some people think that the Galatian problem uh, was really obvious. They think it was this, that this is the Galatian equation. Some people think that, that the Galatian equations is works is what you need. So that what has happened is these teachers have come in and said, you don't need Jesus, you just need to live really well, and that's what you need. But it, actually, it's way more subtle than that. Because that isn't what they were saying. They were saying, no, actually, Jesus is a good start. But if you really want to belong to the people of God, you need to have the signs that you're joined to the people of God. You, you need to be circumcised. You need to obey certain laws. And you see, that's way more attractive. Because here are these Christians that they, they want to live for Jesus. They want to be spiritual. They want to really belong. And they're told, here, you do this and you'll really belong. And so actually, the equation... Um, looks a little different. It looks like this. Jesus plus works is what you need. That was the Galatian gospel, if you like. How long have you been a Christian? Or maybe how long have you been in Christ City Church? What do you think you need to do to truly belong? Is it to read a psalm every day? Is it have children who follow Jesus? Is it never struggle, never struggle with laziness or lust? We're going to look more at this in, in future sessions. But Paul says if we start trusting in these things, and, and some of these things are really good things, but if we trust in them, actually what we are doing is we're deserting Jesus and we're deserting grace. Have a look at verse 6 again. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, a different gospel, a perversion. In fact, no gospel at all, verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are trying to throw you into confusion. They're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. We can never do enough. You know, God wouldn't have sent his son if we could do it ourselves. No, we need rescue. We need Jesus. You see, the real gospel equation is actually, the real Galatian equation, sorry, is actually this. Jesus plus works is nothing, absolutely nothing. Any gospel that is not only and all about Jesus is no gospel at all. And actually, if you, if you don't have Jesus, it's worse than nothing. It is actually condemnation. Do you see now why Paul is so concerned, why, why the stakes are so high? And why he is so um, just intolerant of these false teachers. Look at what he says, verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. 
As we've already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. See, this message leads people away from Jesus and actually leads them to hell. And Paul has no time for this teaching. What about us? Well, I think two things for us to take away this evening. We'll look um, so much more in depth of the joy and the freedom that comes from this gospel in, in the next couple of days. But two things for tonight. Don't turn from God's gospel. It is from God. It is grace. Freely given. God's favor. A, a message, a reality of rescue. It is the gospel that Jesus is all we need. And if you want to look out for the signs, whether you're, you're just losing a sense of, of that, well, then look at our Christianity. Look at our walk with Jesus. Is it freedom or is it beginning to feel like slavery? Is it joy or is it duty? Don't turn from God's gospel. And secondly, don't tolerate false gospels. Now, I don't think that means that we should go out on crusades or violence or, or lock up people who disagree. You know, there's no need for a blasphemy law. What does it mean? Well, it means we're not tolerant of this in our, in our churches. That we oppose anyone who, 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 who teaches this kind of thing amongst us or, or even um, sort of gives that impression that you, you really need to do something else as well as Jesus to be accepted. And we help those who, who are thinking that maybe that is the right thing to do. Don't tolerate it within our churches and don't encourage it outside our churches. Now, we might take all sorts of opportunities to, to witness for Christ, to speak about Jesus in all sorts of places, but we should only formally partner with people who believe and teach the gospel of God's grace. And we should be careful that we don't do anything that endorses or encourages or accepts other gospels that are actually no gospel at all. See, Paul's appraisal is pretty straight, isn't it? But it's because he longs for these guys not to lose hold of just Jesus, that they might stand firm in the divine gospel. There is no other, just Jesus and nothing else is all we need. Let me take a moment to lead us in a prayer. Almighty God, as we um, are gathered here in this room, what a joy it is to think again on what you have done for us. Of this gospel, of your son, of the fact that he came and gave himself to rescue us from our sins, of the fact that in him we have everything we need. And we pray that you would help us to see him in all his glory, in all his wonder, in all his grace, and trust in him alone. Help us not to uh, allow this distorted gospel to seep into our lives at all. And we pray that over the, over the next uh, couple of days, you would help us even more to see what we have in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.